Psalm 34. We want to continue on. We started on this uh, a couple of of uh, Wednesdays ago when we preached that first message on counting your blessings, and then last week we looked at the second one about blessed is the man. Remember from Psalm one that walketh not in the what the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And, uh, and so we want to continue on uh, uh, tonight in this series and uh, on, on blessed is the man. And here it is in Psalm 34, one of the 13 places that are mentioned. And uh, I don't think there's going to be 13 messages at this point. The Lord hadn't showed me that, but I don't think there's going to be. But, uh, but nonetheless, we want to look at, we want to look and see what is, what does a blessed man need to do? Amen. Don't you want, I want the blessings of God. Don't you want them? Amen. We'd be pretty foolish to ignore those things, I, I think. And so uh, notice what it says, Psalm 34. And I know you know this passage. And probably if I were to ask you about it, you probably could quote it. Uh, look with me. It's found there in verse eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And so let's look at that as it relates to this particular psalm. And, and so let's start off by exploring that word trusted. The word trusted. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> I noticed that when you sat down tonight, you didn't shake the pew. You didn't push on it first. You didn't... Uh, like, like checking tires, you didn't walk up and kick one of the sides of it to make sure that it was good. You just sat down upon it because you believed that it would support you, didn't you? Even, even, the, even some of you where there's two on the pew, amen? You, you didn't say, you try it out first, Sister Zan, you try it out first. No, no, he didn't do that, all right? He just went over there and sat down. And I noticed that Brother Mel didn't do that either, sister, so that should, that should encourage you, all right? You go first, and uh, honey, and then you see if it'll hold us up. No, you didn't do that. You, uh, you, you trusted that it was able to support you. And that's kind of what this word means here. Blessed is the man that trusteth. And so trust, what a great word that, that is there. What a great word to explore. And, uh, and so, you know, notice, I, something I want you to notice right away is the tense of the word. The tense, you know, like past tense, present tense, future. It says trusteth. And what that is, that is a durative word, which means right now. It doesn't just talk about the past. It doesn't just talk about the future. It's kind of like right now, the state of mind that you and I should have is that we trust the Lord when? At all times, all right? So that word trust simply means a reliance. Man, is he not someone that we can rely upon? Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. And when you and I rely upon him, that brings a blessing from God. You remember the passage in the book of Hebrews there in chapter 11, verse 6? It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so when you and I, when we actively rely upon the Lord, that brings a blessing in our life. 
And, and it's not always blessings sometimes that you can see right away. And boy, don't we live in an instantaneous world? I mean, we live in a, a time in society where people want instant gratification. I mean, we can microwave it. Uh, you go to what I, what was it? Uh, I don't know if it was uh, McDonald's or Burger King. It was all about have it your way. It doesn't matter which one, but I mean, but it was all about be gratified right now. Uh, you can just have it whatever way you want, you know. Man, it wasn't that way at my, at my parents' table, amen. And uh, some of you are old enough in here, I suspect it probably wasn't that way either. Uh, no, uh, no, when we were little, we had it their way. We didn't have it our way. You know, had that been so, I'd have never eat chip beef on toast if that would have. Uh, ooh, man, I, I, or uh, cream peas and carrots. I've had all that I care for. That's a subtle hint, ladies, all right? And uh, you can just mark that off. The, I, mean, it, I mean, if President Bush could say he didn't eat broccoli, I can say that I don't eat cream peas and carrots. Amen, all right. And, uh, but, uh, you know, but we, we didn't get to have it our way. And life is not that way either, is it? I mean, you try telling your boss, well, I want it, my, you know, when you were a worker, I'd like to have it my way. Or tell the customer, uh, I, I, we're just going to do this my way. No, it doesn't work that way. And, uh, and so when you and I, when we have that steady dependence upon the Lord, that brings a blessing in our life. The word also means to rest. R-E-S-T. And uh, to rest simply means it's an act of placing your trust in someone or something. When you and I rest. Now that's just the opposite of the word W-R-E-S-T. That's where you get the word wrestle from. Where you're in a conflict with someone. It's what Peter said about those people who rest the scriptures. What were they doing? They were twisting them. They weren't at ease. They weren't relying. They weren't resting. They were struggling with those verses. And therefore, they were, they were bringing themselves into trouble. And so, so when you and I rest in the Lord, isn't that what Psalm 37 said? Rest in the Lord and what? And he shall bring it to pass. You know, and it's, it's learning how, if you will, to let go of that thing and, and, uh, and, and to cast that care upon him so that you're quick carrying the burden and struggling to hold it. No, you give it to him and you rest. Man, it's a great, I mean, don't you enjoy a good easy chair in the evening after you've worked hard? You know, I've, I've watched many of those uh, horseshoe and things, brother. And I think about every one of those men. I think about them like I do about those guys that were doing that work over in the where we were living before in the Houston area. They're putting all that rebar down on those little stands. You know what I'm talking about when they're making the freeway? And they lay that rebar down there. And then somebody has to come along with a pocket of safety wires and bend over all day long and tie them things off and tie them off and tie them off. Man, I, if I'd have been doing that all day, I'd like to want to be hung up by my arms just so my back could stretch out. And I think about that, you know, that uh, uh, for yourself, to me, uh, brother, the fact that you could stand up, I, I think is an amazing thing, all right? From all the years of hammered and so forth and some of the things and the lifting and all uh, that we do and... and uh, and so uh, I just think about what it means then to be able to rest. You know, that's the blessing, man, after I got saved. Wasn't it a blessing, man, you could pull your head that night 
And man, you could just rest. And I mean, it was just a blessing, man. You'd been forgiven and, uh, and the Lord had come in your heart and your eyes were opened. And man, I didn't have to fret about that stuff, about where's my name going to be? And am I going to be in that book? No, I got it in there when I got saved. And, uh, and you could rest in the Lord. So it means reliance. It means to rest and to stop wrestling, stop struggling. It also means to reckon. To reckon it so, when it means, I, I looked this up, it simply means to place a full confidence. I mean, you know, Social Security time comes around, they just tell you what went in the bank. And you get out there and you write a check on it. Why? You're trusting that what they said was what? So. And you wrote the check or you used your card or whatever. And uh, man, you don't want to be overdrawn. You don't want the penalty. So, so, but, but you know, I didn't, I didn't run up to the bank. I didn't go to Fredericksburg and find the nearest Chase branch and say, is it really true that they put uh, this money in my account? Is that really true? Can I write a check? Is it really true? Is it so? They would say, uh, sir, oh, wait right here. We're going to get someone for you. They'd call the guys with the funny farm to come get me. All right. No, why? They want you, they want you to reckon that so. And that's what it is here when that word trusteth means to reckon what? Reckon that God is, is, is credible and that God is reliable and that he is trustworthy. And beloved, he is. He is. And so why did David write this? So let's look at the explanation. That's the second thing I want you to see. The explanation for this. This psalm, I don't know if it's in your Bible or not, but under the word Psalm 34, do you see some very small print there in your Bible? Put your glasses on if you need to, all right? Can you see that? What does it say? It says a psalm of David, now watch, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. That's a little subscript that someone put in there to tell us about what was the purpose behind the writing of this particular psalm. It comes from, it comes from 1 Samuel chapter 21. If you want to research that later, you can look at this event. But what happened, I mean, you know, in, in the early parts there, remember when David killed Goliath? Boy, he went from triad, great triumph, didn't he? And then suddenly after that, he was about to have trouble. Why? Because, man, remember when they were coming back from the battle, he'd cut off the head of Goliath, had Goliath's sword held it up, and, man, those women were singing. They were praising God, and they were praising Saul, and they were praising David. They said, man, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. Oh, man, and all of a sudden, ah, Saul eyed him. Boy, if you want some intrigue, if you want to see some real stuff going on, you need to read the books of 1 and 2 Samuel. Amen. There's some good stuff in there. Hollywood hadn't come up with anything to match it, all right? And, uh, and so now Saul eyes him. He said, what more does he want but the kingdom itself? And so, so here's David, a young man there, in, in, and he wants him to be there with him. You know, and, and he wants, I think in part, he wants to keep an eye on him and he wants David to play. And, he, you know, and so, man, he winds up throwing javelins at David and all that kind of stuff. And David has to flee. You know, it wasn't long after triumph. Here comes trouble. And a lot of times that's the way it is. After the dove comes the devil. Remember when the Lord Jesus was baptized, that, uh, the, that, that voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. 
John said, man, it was like a dove, had the likeness of a dove or whatever. And then right away in Matthew chapter 4, boy, the, here comes the devil to tempt him. And, uh, and so David was about, was having trouble here. And, and so he begins to flee from Saul. And he's been doing this and doing this and running and running and running. And, uh, and, and something happens. David's faith began to waver, believe it or not. Here was a young man who faced a lion and a bear, took care of those sheep and faced a Goliath. Guy that was about nine feet tall. Seriously, nine feet tall. And, uh, and smote him and he ran out there to him, the Bible says. He ran out there. But you know what? There was a type of danger. There was a danger here that was probably greater than anything David had faced previously. And David's faith wavered a little bit. And what happens in that David begins to behave as if he were crazy. As if he'd been touched. Remember, he let the, he let the spittle run down on his beard. There he was. It, it, he came, he, and, and think about it. Where does he go? He goes to King Achish, which is, which is uh, if you will, which is Abimelech. This is a Philistine king. He goes into the very court of the enemies of Israel looking for help. And those other men are suspicious of him. And David pretends like he's lost his marbles, so to speak, and he's drooling upon himself. And man, Abimelech calls his hand upon that. A king Achish, those are the same people, calls his hand on that and drives him away and he departed. And, uh, and so as a result, you know, as a result, David is going to write this psalm that we're going to see right here. And you know what? David is not alone. Can you, can you relate to him sometimes when our faith has wavered? The trying of our faith? Those are not always easy times. The seasons of trial and temptation are varied for everyone. Pardon me, sometimes it might be a short season, but a very deep thing. It may be a shallow thing, but it seems like it's never ending. I'm thinking about your sister just trying to get some relief for her shoulder and, and things. And those are trials, particularly your health. It can be a trial of your faith. And, uh, and so, and so I, what I wrote here in my note, I said, Jairus is not alone. Do you remember Jairus? He get up there and he said, man, my daughter is so sick. He didn't say, it wasn't somebody else's daughter. Trouble had come to Jairus' house, right? And the, and the Lord speaks to him and he said, yes, Lord. He said, I believe, but what? Help thou my unbelief. God help my unbelief. And so, and so too it is for David right here. Help my, if you will, my unbelief. Had David fully been trusting God, he wouldn't have acted like he was beside himself or mentally ill he wouldn't have gone to the philistines the enemies of god to look for safety he just would have kept upon the run but he didn't do that you know haven't there been days when sometimes when our faith is stronger than at other times sure it has but you know faith is like our like our muscles they have to be exercised if they're going to remain strong and we got to exercise them. And so let's look then, let's look at the exposition here. 
as, as David tells us and gives us the reason. Notice, I want you to see, first of all, his resolution. David has resolved to do something. Look in verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Why is David doing that? You know, the reason why David writes this psalm is because the Lord did deliver him, if you will, from the hands of, 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 from the, hands of the Philistines. He'd been captured by them and he acts that way and he survives that incident with them. And he knows it's God that brought that about in his life. And so David here, no wonder David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. He's rejoicing over the, over the faithfulness of God. And beloved, this is a resolution, if you will, of his that even nature approves of. What does it, in Psalm 145 says, all thy works shall praise thee, O Lord. Listen, when that mockingbird or that dove gets up in the morning, I think when they're cooing and when they're singing, I, I think they're worshiping. I think they're praising their creator. Amen. Whether, like you said, whether it be a mockingbird or a crow, all right? Hey, they get up in the morning, That even that chicken, I think, I think they get out of that rooster when they cackle and crow. They're doing it for the glory of God. Now, I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. I think what? It says... All thy works shall praise thee, and they are the work of his hands. It's just like moms, you know this. You know that when sometimes when your children cry, you have learned over the years, and even grandparents still remember whether that cry is one of being mad or one of being actually hurt or one maybe of some sorrow or whatever that's legitimate, or when they're just acting up, throwing a tantrum, and they're angry. You can tell the difference in those things. Can't you, Mom? Haven't you, haven't you been able to? Well, listen, I, if, that, if a mother knows that, you can guarantee, you can mark it down, that your Heavenly Father knows the difference sometimes in our struggles, in our trials. And, uh, and so all thy works shall praise thee. Listen, it's, it's a resolution that David has that even reason sustains. I mean, what better way, what better way than to become us as Christians that we be always praising and magnifying God to whose grace we owe our salvation and happiness. It's just appropriate. The, the Bible says that praise is comely. Do you know what comely means? It means it's suitable. It's fitting. It is befitting us. That we should praise the Lord. It's also a resolution. If we carry it out and, 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 and if we will contribute much to the life, uh, to life's happiness when we do that. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to be a glorifying God and whining at the same time, isn't it? <laughs> it's hard to do that. You can't hardly do that together. It's kind of like that light and dark thing. You know, when they turn the lights on, I don't know where the darkness goes. It just goes. It can't stay in the same room. And so too it is when you and I, when we're praising the Lord, what does it do? It also affects the, our sphere of influence. It affects people around us. You know, I, I worked in an accounting office and, man, that took every bit of grace. I don't know. 
you know, Debbie worked as an accounting manager, and I don't know how she did it, but I, I did it for a little while. Hey, you know, you do what you got to do until you get to do what you want to do. And, uh, and so I, I worked in that accounting office, and that brother was kind enough uh, to, uh, to, to give me a job. And, man, they would bring me a paper sack full of receipts, and I would have to journalize all those little receipts that came out of those little store, write them all down. Oh, man, it was too much. It was worse than painting. And uh, <clears throat> I don't like painting either. It's too much dabbing and scraping and, oh, not for me. And, uh, but anyway, I'd get over there and I was doing bank reconciliations. And man, I'd shout. I'd say, man, glory to God, I, I found it. He goes, what'd you find, brother? I said, I found that nickel. He said, brother, move on from there. Don't waste time on a nickel. Just pencil that in there and make it right, you know. But man, I would search and search and search till I found that nickel. I, you know, I wanted it to be right. But man, I, and uh, he said something to me about, man, about he'd hear me over there. He'd be in another part of the office. He'd be, oh, in glory. He said, well, Brother Ed must have found a nickel or a quarter or whatever, you know. And, uh, and so, man, but, but, uh, but what a blessing. And so we ought to be able to praise the Lord uh, out here in our activities. I mean, it's a resolution which even Scripture has examples of for us. I mean, that praise is calmly. And you think about it. David's resolution, it, it is part of an obligation that we have. Remember 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, right? Man, what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, and ye are what? Ye are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. And so that means, you know, man, whether we be on the phone with somebody, being grateful and give God the glory for it or the praise for it, they might think that you're a little nuts, but I'll tell you, you're screwed on the right boat. Amen. You are. To praise the Lord where you work and where you shop and where you play. That he's always on our mind. That's what David said. What did he say? I will bless the Lord at all times. That means good times. That also means bad times. Have you got, have you got your bulletin right there with you? Do you have it right there? There's a verse that Sister Kathy asked me about. It's on the bottom of page one. As you open the page, look what it says right there. By him, therefore, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. And God says that's a sacrifice. And it's something that he is pleased with when you and I make it. And what are we doing? When we give thanks, we're praising the Lord. We're praising the Lord. And David said, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And so it harmonizes when we do it down here. It puts us in harmony with those beings that are in that invisible world on the other side. What are they doing? You know what? Those beasts have been around the throne. Brother... I, I know some of y'all are old, but I, you know, you, you might feel like sometimes like you're old as dirt, but you're not. But those angels, Brother Larry, they've been around that throne and all they've been doing every day, all day. I mean, what a holy, holy, oh, that's all they're doing. That's all they've been doing since eternity past. And guess what? We better get used to it. That's what's going to be on the other side. When you and I are praising the Lord here, we're just getting in harmony with them there. 
And, uh, and so it was a right resolution. It was right, what David said. Then look in verse 4. Look at his, his recollection. David is remembering some things. I sought the Lord, and he did what? He heard me. Isn't it a blessing to be heard? David is praising the Lord because he knows that the Lord will hear him. Now, we're not coming in our own merit. You know, God doesn't, if you will, I, I, you know, there are some things that I can't explain, and I, I'm not going to try to explain them, but you know what? Remember Cornelius, it was said of him? It said that his prayers came up as a memorial before God. He's a lost man. Maybe he was praying, maybe he was praying, God, I want to know you. I don't want to worship one of these idols like my ancestors or like my government does or my country does. God, I want to know you. And man, that, you know, it's almost like the Syrophoenician woman. You know, she's out there and said, would you do something for my daughter? And he said, man, I haven't come for you. I've come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, and, and he said, it's not right to give bread to dogs. I mean, the Lord called her a dog. He was not very politically correct. My kind of guy. Amen. Amen. And she said, yes, Lord. She said, yay, Lord. But the dogs will just take the crumbs from the master's table. And I'm not trying to put words. And I'm, But it was almost like, what am I going to do with that faith? He just can't, I mean, there she was. All you got to do is say the word, Lord. I, what am I going to And man, and he heals that, that woman's daughter. There are just some things I can't explain. But I know this, God hears sinners when they call upon him. And all this other stuff that goes on, I, I see it on Facebook a lot of times amongst men that I know have never been born again. They've never trusted Christ as their Savior. And they say, well, I'm praying for you. Well, I wonder who they're praying to. Because the only way to be heard is when you come in Jesus' name. And that's not a little tag you put on there with your words. What that really means is having the nature of Christ, that new nature that's on the inside. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. In that very nature. And so, he heard David. He heard David. That was a different economy back then than we have today. I'm not talking about dollars and cents. I'm talking about God's economy. Theirs was more a covenant and what we have but but understand this that he said he heard me look notice i sought the lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears i think he preserved him all the things that made him anxious i don't know what maybe 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 when he was there and the heat was on there in abimelech's court and he's being found out and all this kind of stuff might have been afraid but notice what it says look look in look in the look at verse five they looked unto him and were lightened i think I think the Lord lightened him. And that's what, you're right there. Look, look in Psalm 25. Just right quick. Just turn left and come right back. Notice what this says. Psalm 25, look at verse 2. Notice, notice what David writes. And he said, oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none of them that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. In other words, what David was saying, I, in other words, man, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall what, will not be ashamed. You and I won't be, a, won't be ashamed that we have trusted the Lord. In other words, we're not going to be let down in that moment. Now, we ought to have right expectations. 
But what I'm saying is, is that God cannot and will not fail. Will not fail. David said he heard me. He preserved me. He lightened me. Look, look, look what it says. Look at the next one. I'm back in 34. Verse 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him. That delivered him is what that means. Delivered him out of all his troubles. And then he protected me, the angel of the Lord, and campeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. And that's when he comes to verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. David is recalling his personal experience uh, with God. And so what does he do? What do we take away from this? Well, David has some recommendations. That's in verse 9 through the end of the psalm. I'm not going to read all those, but I want you to see these. It says, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. David would recommend that you and I would seek the Lord. Notice what he said. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. You and I, you know what? Uh, beloved, if we're gonna if we're gonna be a blessed man or woman, then boy, we need to fear the Lord. We need to seek after the Lord and acknowledge Him. Notice what He said. He talks about keeping your tongue from evil and that your lips speak no guile. Depart from evil. Do good. Seek peace. And look at verse fifteen. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off them the remembrance of them from the earth. Now watch, watch. I mean, it says the face of the Lord is against them. In other words, turning away. But that's not so for his children. Beloved, you and I, we have access. And so this blessing is ours. Fear the Lord, seek the Lord. That means, man, watch your tongue, watch your step. He is watching and he is listening. And beloved, he loves it when we trust him. He loves it when we trust him. And he is trustworthy. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. I mean, you think about it. I, I don't know how old y'all were when you got saved. I was 28. That's uh, now, that's, mm, that's about 44 years. No, take that back. That's about, well, it's almost 42 years coming up. Almost 42 years. Man, I, I, just, I just can't think of a time where he's ever failed me, where he hadn't kept his word. I just can't, I, I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't trade one day of being saved, the worst day, for the very best day I ever had as a lost man. I wouldn't trade it. And God is faithful. And if he's been faithful all that time, I'm expecting him to be faithful with the rest. Amen, aren't you? Yes, we are. There's a song. It's not in our song book. I looked it up. And man, I was disappointed. And uh, I know you know it. And it, it goes a little something like this. And uh, I'll do my best here. It says, <clears throat> the song says, Have faith in God when your pathway is lonely. He sees and knows all the way you have trod. Never alone are the least of his children. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
He's on his throne. Have faith in God. He watches o'er his own. He cannot fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God, though all else fail about you. Have faith in God, he provides for his own. He cannot fail, though all kingdoms shall perish. He rules, he reigns upon his throne. Have faith in God, he's on his throne. Have faith in God, he watches o'er his own. He cannot fail, he must prevail. Have faith in God, have faith in God. Yes, Amen. 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 Let's pray. Lord, <laughs> you're just so good to us. Lord, we just love you tonight, God. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, even, Lord, like David, when we are not. The writer of Hebrews said that you cannot deny yourself and you remain faithful. Lord, I pray that our people, Lord God, I pray that we might, we're not here to test you, Lord, or tempt you. We want to walk with you, God. And I pray that you'll help our spirit and our minds, Lord, when the trials of life come, and there may be more to come, Lord. We, we don't know what a day is going to bring, but we know this, that you're on the throne, and that nothing escapes your vision, nothing escapes your reach, nothing escapes your ear, that when we call unto you, thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness. Thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. I pray you'll bless now your people this week, God, May your perfect will be done in our lives, God, as we seek to do it. And I pray, Lord, that you'd use us, God. Help us to be those voices and lights, Lord, of praise and gratitude to a lost world. We love you and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.